But Psalm 30 this morning, if you're there, say amen. amen. The Bible says, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up, and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment, in his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And in my prosperity I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by thy favor thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned, me from, thou hast turned from me my mourning into dancing, and thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness, to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks to thee forever. Let's pray to Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you. Lord, just once again this morning, God, just for helping us, Lord, through the song service. God, preparing our hearts for the preaching of your word. And we ask you, Lord, this morning, God, that you'd help us to listen on purpose. God, help us, Lord, to push out those distractions, God, that'll come flooding into our minds. God, I pray, Lord, this morning that you'd just help us to get a grasp and get a hold of what you're trying to teach us this morning through your word. I pray, Lord, you'd hide me behind the cross of Calvary. And God, would you get me out of myself, Lord, and fill me with the spirit of God. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you'd make preaching, God, what you designed and desired it to be this morning. And I pray, Lord, this morning, God, that if there's anybody here, Lord, under the sound of my voice, Lord, that doesn't know you as a personal Lord and Savior, and I pray, Lord, you'd work in their hearts this morning. God, convict them of their sinful state. But God, would you also take them by Calvary, Lord, would you, where you shed your blood and died for every person's sin. And God, would you take them to an empty tomb. God, where by resurrection power you walked out by yourself. And I pray, Lord, this morning, God, that you'd save them by your grace. We thank you, Lord, for the meal that we have prepared, the time of fellowship that we're looking forward to. But I pray, Lord, this morning that we'd put everything in its proper place. And God, that we would just sit still for a little while and hear from the word of God. Lord, we love you. We thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you're doing and all that you've promised us. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. I remember learning in school about a man by the name of Isaac Newton. And he was a man that discovered gravity when a apple hit him on the head and it, it just kind of hit him and he came up with those things. But he had a, some laws that he came up with and those being, they're called Newton's laws, but he has one and it's his third law. It says that for every action there is a positive and equal, or opposite and equal reaction. And last Sunday we dealt with some hindrances to our thanksgiving. Some things that will hinder you and I from having a heart of gratitude and a heart of thanksgiving to the Lord this morning. And so on the flip side of that this morning, we know that the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and everything give thanks 
Uh, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We know that God doesn't just tell us to do something without giving us the means and the directions to do so this morning. God, I'm thankful this morning that God doesn't lead us down a crazy life and just kind of help us and allows us to bumble from one place to the next, but rather he's a God of order. He's a God of direction. And God said, yes, in everything you ought to be able to give thanks. And then he says, here's how you can do it. Here's the heart that you need to have. Here's the desires that you need to have. And we looked at that last week. We looked at the hindrances and it got a little tough in here and it got a little, uh, you know, we had to deal with some things that if we're going to be honest and we're going to get our hearts right, then those things need to be dealt with. But I'm thankful that this morning, not only are there some hindrances to our thanksgiving, but here in Psalm 30 this morning, we see some things that can help us give thanksgiving. We dealt with some mindsets out of 1 John last week that can hinder our thanksgiving. But in Psalm 30 this morning, we'll look at some mindsets that can aid you and I in giving thanks to the Lord. Twice here in Psalm 30 this morning, David, the writer of the psalm, and the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, he uses the phrase, give thanks, twice. We see it now the first time in verse number four. Look at verse number four this morning. It says, sing to the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of of his holiness. Here we, there is the instruction to get, he said, listen, if you're a saint of God, if you've been saved by the grace of God, if God has changed your life, then you and I ought to be people that are marked with a heart and with a voice of thanksgiving. In essence, it should not strain the child of God to step back and say, Lord, I just want to thank you for all you've done for me. But notice here in verse number four, it's not just what the Lord's done. He says, oh, you saints, give thanks. Look at verse number four uh, this morning. It says, at the remembrance of his holiness. Because there's going to be situations in our life, there's going to be uh, times in our life where the situation does not dictate to you and I to give thanks. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. It's going to hurt. And we're going to go through trials and tribulations this morning. He said, well, preacher, if the situation doesn't uh, promote me to give thanks, how can I give thanks because of who the Lord is. He said, give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness this morning. Give thanks, one, because of who we are. We're saints of his. But give thanks because of who he is at the remembrance of his holiness. Brother Dr. Larry Brown used to put it this way. Ain't nobody like Jesus this morning. Can I say this morning in my life, I can testify this morning, there is nobody that has done anything for me that comes close to what the Lord has done for me. There's nobody in my life that compares to the Lord this morning. I want to give thanks this morning. Uh, at his, that word holiness means his set-apartness. In essence, there is nobody that compares to the Lord this morning. And in, the, in those situations where it's difficult, we can step back and say, Lord, I just want to thank you for being who you are in the midst of my trials and my tribulations. But then you go down to verse number 12 this morning. And we see that phrase again. It says, to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. Oh, Lord, my God. I will give thanks unto thee forever. So verse number four, we see the instruction, but verse number 12, we see the personal side of giving thanks. Yes, we are commanded to do so. Yes, we are told to do so. But in verse number 12, nobody's twisting David's arm. Nobody is forcing David to give thanks. David isn't being uh, manufactured and being pressed to give thanks. Matter of fact, I, David might have just stepped back and raised his hand and said, Lord, I don't want to just give thanks for you now and thanks for you in the moment. He said, but I will give thanks to thee forever. David's commandment was backed up by a personal action. 
Verse number four, oh, ye saints of his, give thanks. But David said, I'm not going to tell you to do something that I'm not willing to do myself. That's one of the things we've got to get a grasp of in the Christian life is that if we're going to hold somebody else to that standard, hold somebody else to that accountability level, then we must hold ourselves as well. The last thing the church needs is a pastor who tells everybody what to do but doesn't do it himself. Listen this morning, I'm going to encourage you to give thanks to the Lord. I'm going to encourage you to live a holy life. I'm going to encourage you to be steadfast in the Lord and to be separate and uh, out of the world this morning. But listen, if I'm going to tell you to do that, then I better be doing it myself. And David said, listen, I'm not going to tell you just to praise. David said, I'm going to get in on it. I'm going to give some thanks myself. Notice here, the height of David's glory was to give thanks unto the Lord. Look at verse number 12. To the end that my glory, David said, all that I have. We know the Bible tells us David was a wealthy man. David was the greatest king to live in Israel. Matter of fact, God judged the rest of the kings of Israel by David's testimony. But David said, the, the height of my glory is not my crown, it's not my throne, it's not my possessions. He said, the greatest thing I have is the ability to give thanks unto the Lord. To the end that my glory may sing praise to me. Notice the longevity of David's thanks. David said, I have no problem giving thanks unto the Lord forever. And I gotta agree with David this morning. Now there's some people, they, they've expressed that when they get to heaven, They've got some questions for the Lord. They gotta, they're going to have to straighten some things out this morning. And I, I was reminded as I was sitting there this morning how we were in Ephesians on Wednesday night and how it said that, that in heaven God's going to expose and, and, and show us the great riches of his grace and how he's going to help us see what grace really is and how we can't wrap our minds completely around. But one day in heaven, when he rolls back all of that, we, that which we don't know, we'll know. Can I say this one? I don't think we're going to have any questions in heaven. I don't think we're going to have, well, Lord, what about this? And what about that? And who was right? And the Lord said, that's not what it's all about. I believe I'm going to find myself in verse number 12 right there with David and saying, I will give thanks unto thee forever. But I'm glad this morning I don't have to wait for heaven to give thanks. Nor do you this morning we can give thanks where we are. We see in this psalm three simple mindsets that will help every Christian to give thanks unto the Lord. Notice number one this morning, mindset number one, I know what he's done for me. I know what he's done for me. Look at verse number one through three this morning of Psalm 30. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast made my, not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, and I should not go down to the pit. Now, this morning, I know what the Lord has done for me. I know the day that the Lord saved me. It was April 3rd, 2015. You say, preacher, how do you know that? I wrote it down because somebody told me to do that. Wise counsel, wise advice, and, and that's how I know. And y'all know me, if I don't write anything down, it's as good as gone. I, the greatest lie I'll ever tell myself is I'll remember that if I don't write it down. It's gotten to the point now, even as I'm studying, if I don't write down something, I know that I'll forget it. And so I'll quickly jot something. Now, I've got papers anywhere and everywhere got halfway done sermons, half, you know, two points here and there, and I've got to write it down or I'll forget it. But can I say this morning, even if I forgot the date that I got saved, I'll never forget the day. 
I'll never forget the day that the Lord saved me. Why? Here's the, you may not remember the specifics about the date, and, and I've said it before, and really I can. I can take you to the place where I got saved. I can take you to the spot where I knelt on my knees and I asked the Lord to save me. I could take you there this morning and go through that. And the only reason why is I pass by it just about every day. It was where we used to live before we lived where we are now. And I know that, here's the thing you say, well, preacher, I don't remember the specifics. I don't remember what shirt I was wearing that day. And I don't remember what color the little walls were. And I don't remember all this. And, and you, you may not be able to remember all of that this morning, but how many remember the day you got saved? You may not remember all the specifics. You may not remember how many verses they sang in Amazing Grace. You may not even remember what necessarily what the pastor preached on. You may not remember his three points in his poem, but you remember the day that the Holy Spirit convicted your heart and you went to him as a repentant sinner, repentant of your sins, asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save you, and he did that day. Can I say this morning, you can remember what the Lord did for you that day. David had a thankful heart and a thankful spirit as he remembered what the Lord had done for him. Look at verse number one. Well, what had the Lord done for him? Well, first of all, he had lifted David up. Look at verse number one this morning. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up. That phrase, that word this morning, extol, is not a word that we use in our modern day language. When's the last time somebody extolled you? <laughs> now, I grew up with an older brother, and he extolled me quite often, but he also brought me back down quite often. That word extol means to lift up. My brother would lift me up and he would slam me back down. But here David said, I'm going to lift the Lord up. I'm going to thank the Lord. I'm going to praise the Lord. I'm going to honor the Lord. I'm going to extol him. I'm going to lift him up. Why? Because he lifted me up. He lifted me up. Look at verse number one. He said, I'll extol thee because thou hast lifted me up. David, notice here this morning, David was living to the Lord because the Lord had lifted him up. David didn't say, I climbed up by myself. I pulled myself up by my bootstraps. I got my life together. I got it all figured out. No, he said, the Lord came to where I was. And when I could not climb up, when I could not pull myself up, when my good works couldn't do it, when my money couldn't solve it, when all, that, all my education couldn't fix it, David said, the Lord lifted me up and pulled me out of the pit that I was in. So the Lord lifted me up. He reached down and pulled me up. But notice this, when the Lord lifted up David, it also silenced the critics. Look at verse number one. If thou, excuse me, uh, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice. So don't you remember when everybody else gave up on you? Everybody else was done with you. Everybody else didn't know how to help you, how to fix you, how to change you. The world said you'll never amount to anything. Satan said you might as well just go to hell because that's where you're headed. Even your own flesh said, I can't fix myself. Aren't you glad this morning when there was nobody else to help you, when there was nobody else that could do anything for you, there was one that was able to reach down to where you were and he just didn't reach around and fumble around, but he grabbed you and he lifted you up out of the miry pits of sin this morning. Now listen this morning, your sin pit may not look like mine, but they're all full of sin. See, I, I, I can say this one by the grace of God. I don't know what it's like. I've never had drugs run through my body. 
I've never been completely wasted and I blacked out and I woke up around a toilet bowl. I don't know what that's like this morning. But can I say this morning, my sin was just as great as your sin. See, I had religious pride. I had religious uh, knowledge. I, I was puffed up. I thought I was doing better. Then one day the Lord said, hey, none of that's going to work. None of that's going to help you. And I'm glad this morning he was able to reach down, whether it's a pit of sin like drugs, whether it's a pit of sin like alcohol, whether it's a pit of sin of what you name it this morning, religious uh, ideology, God is able to lift you out this morning. And here the Lord had lifted him up. But notice only that, verse one, he lifted him up, but he healed him. Look at verse number two. Oh, Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. So you got to realize this morning, before you got saved, your life was broken. Beyond repair this morning. You couldn't fix it. Doctors don't have enough prescriptions. <laughs> I don't know who makes Band-Aids, but they didn't have enough of them to fix you this morning. You was broken. You was wounded. You was hurt. You were sin sick. You craved it. You loved it. Even when it tore everything apart. You were without hope this morning. There was no good prognosis for your condition that you could find in the world. And then one day you cried out and said, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Lord, give me that what I cannot do for myself. Aren't you glad he heard your cry? Well, I'm glad this morning there's never been a cry, a genuine cry for salvation from a sinner that God has turned away. But anytime someone comes in faith, for by grace are you saved through faith. You come to that realization, I am a wounded person. I am a broken person. I am dead in my trespasses and sin. I have a condition that nobody else can fix. But Lord, you said you could. And Lord, I'm willing to trust the fact that what you said is true and he can save you this morning. One, he lifted him up. Two, he healed him. Look at verse number three. He resurrected him. Look at verse number three. Oh Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Now, a few months ago, I don't know exactly, a year ago or so, we went through the life of David on Wednesday night. She said, preacher, there's not an account in there where David died and he came back to life. Preacher, when you went through all 40 lessons that you went through, we don't, I don't remember a single one where David died, they put him in a grave, and then he rose again. David wasn't talking about a physical death. David wasn't talking about laying a body in the tomb or laying the body in the grave. David said, just like you and I were, he was born with the same condition we have. He was born dead in his trespasses and sins. But there was a time in David's life where he trusted the Lord, he believed in the Lord, and the same is true in our life this morning. I'm glad this morning I serve a God who can take that which is dead and make it alive this morning. I'm glad Ephesians 2.1, where it says, you hath he quickened who were dead in your trespasses and sin is a true statement. It's not just something that sounds good. It is what happened to you and I when we got saved this morning. Let me ask you this morning. Let me ask you this morning. Is that something that you know the Lord's done for you? Because here's the thing. If he's done it for you, there's no doubt in your heart. You may not remember those specific things uh, things about the day, what exactly if it was 1201, if it was 113 in the afternoon. You may not remember those things, but there's ever been a time that the Lord saved you. Can I say that's something you'll never forget this morning? We sing that song, it's under the blood. And there's a verse in there that every time they sing it, boy, it just makes me want to shout, makes me want to say amen. It, 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 it's not just the, it's under the blood, all that, but it's victory was given me when I was born again. At that moment, I didn't work for it. I didn't earn it. I, I, didn't, I didn't deserve it. But when that moment when I cried unto the Lord, 
Ask him to save me. He did that in that moment. Well, aren't you thankful this morning for the day that the Lord saved you? Preacher, I need some help with my thanksgiving. Well, remember what he's already done for you. Notice number two this morning, the second mindset. Not only what he's done for me, but notice what he is doing for me. Look at verse number six this morning of Psalm 30. The Bible says, in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou hast hid thy face, and I was troubled. It goes all the way down to verse number 10 this morning. But here, David said, not only am I thankful for what the Lord has done for me, but I'm thankful for what he is doing. There was a realized sustainment. Now, this morning, you may not do this, but me and my wife, we love getting each other Christmas gifts. We absolutely, I love getting my children Christmas gifts. But me and my wife are great at getting each other Christmas gifts. We're terrible at giving them to each other actually on Christmas. Why is that, preacher? I get so excited. And I just want to give, here it is now. It's, it's your Christmas present, amen? <laughs> I've already bought her one. I think I bought her one back in September. And uh, then she got the results for that. It was one of those DNA ancestry tests that she wanted to do. And then she got those results in just a couple weeks ago. She was excited about what I, I bought her more. What'd you do? I started giving her those ones too. <laughs> Matter of fact, the crock pot that is back there this morning with the collard greens in it. It's a Christmas present, amen? <laughs> I did not buy myself a pioneer woman crock pot, amen? <laughs> but I sure did use it, Amen. <laughs> But notice here, we're terrible actually giving to each other at Christmas. But here's what we'll do. We'll order them online. Or we'll go to the store and get them. And we'll say things like this. I got you something, so don't be nosy. Don't go, don't go looking. I, I done bought you something. There's something I'm currently doing for you. Please, don't mess it up. And here this morning, we know what the Lord has done for us. But we also know that the Lord is currently working in our lives, but we may not know exactly how. But when we begin to realize how he is and what he's doing, it'll cause us to be thankful. David didn't live in the past. He, he had twice to say about what the Lord was currently doing in his life than what the Lord had already done. Now listen this morning. I love to hear testimonies that start off like this. I just want to thank the Lord for my salvation what bothers me is when somebody says, I want to thank the Lord that he saved me 20 years ago and nothing's happened since then. It bothers me. I remember talking to a man who, who was telling me how he used to preach and he said, I preached one time. He said the altars were full three back. He said the whole church was at the altar praying and, and, and people were getting help and, and that was the last sermon he had preached in 10 years. Can I say this morning, I don't want to live a Christian life that is only sustained by what God has done for me in the past. I'm thankful this morning that God saved me April 3rd, 2015, but can I say it's not been a boring trip since then. There's things that God has done since then and is currently doing right now. I can agree with David. Yes, I thank God for what he has done, but I thank God for what he's currently doing this morning my life. And here David brings it out. What were some things that David was learning and David was, uh, God was doing in David's life in this current situation? Verse 6 and 7, David was learning that prosperity, not excuse me, not prosperity. Uh, yeah, prosperity is based upon his favor. Look at verse number 6 and 7 this morning. It says, in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. We've all been there in our Christian life. 
God blesses the fire out of us, gives us things we don't deserve, and gives us more than we could ever ask for. And if we're not careful, we'll step back and say, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. You gotta realize David had the greatest, one of the greatest uh, from rags to riches story. He was just a little shepherd boy that when they came time looking for a new king, his own father forgot about him. Said, oh yeah, David, he's out there in the field, that old ruddy boy. Probably out there playing that harp, singing to them sheep. I don't know if he's all there. And God made one of the greatest kings this world's ever known out of David. But there comes a point in our life where we gotta step back and realize this morning, all that we have is not because we're good. All that we have is not because we've earned it. All that we have is not because we're smarter than the person next to us. David corrects himself in verse number seven. This morning he says, Lord, by thy favor thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. David said, the only reason why I have what I have, I, wear, I am where I am, I'm doing what I'm doing is because God has had favor on me. And can I say this morning, the fact that you and I can rejoice to a song that's called I Am Blessed and we can understand the reality of those blessings and we can enjoy the goodness of that song and the truth of that song is because God has favored us. We didn't deserve it, we didn't earn it, we didn't make it up for ourselves. God has done a great work in our life. So my prosperity is based upon his favor this morning. But notice this, David was also in his presence is essential, not optional in my life. Look at verse number seven. By, Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made me my mountain to stand strong. Look at the rest of it. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. As if the Lord stepped back and said, well, if I remove the awareness of my presence, David said, I can't live this way. David said, I, I can't go one day with it being like this. We hear people say all the time, I feel like God has turned his back on me. I feel like God has left me alone. I feel like God is done with me. Can I say this more? Please don't make God to be a liar. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And sometimes in our life, it may feel that way. And when those feelings become strong, you gotta remind yourself you have the word of God that is true this morning. When those feelings begin to rise up, there's only one thing to combat your feelings with. That is truth. Can I say something? We, we, we like to say, sometimes the truth hurts. And it does this morning. When God deals with the sin in your life, God deals with carnality in your life, it hurts. It is a painful process. And yes, the truth hurts, but thanks be to God, the same truth that hurts also is the same truth that helps. And that way, when I feel like this way, I can step back and say, I might feel this way, but God's word is true. And David said, here's something that you and I can be thankful for, is that we have the presence of God in our life. And sometimes... Sometimes we don't sense it, not because he's not there. We're just too busy to recognize it. Times, this time of the year, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's the, the holiday season. We go from Thanksgiving to Christmas to New Year's. Everybody gets busy. We're cooking meals. We're having a wonderful time, all that good stuff. If we're not careful, we'll get too busy. We'll get too busy that we won't take the time to enjoy the presence of God in our life. But notice only did David learn his prosperity depended on the favor of God. And his presence, God's presence is essential, not optional in our life. But David also learned, don't wait, praise the Lord now. Don't wait, praise the Lord now. Look at verse number nine. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Whoa, 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 preacher. Verse number one, David said that God pulled him out of the pit. And now God's putting him back down in the pit? Preacher, what, what is David talking about? 
He's not talking about the same pit this morning. When David said that he is, what's it rather in verse number nine, what profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? He's talking about when he, when he dies. Physically, his body gives up the spirit. He dies and he lays in the grave. David said, what profit is there in that? You can't praise the Lord while you're laying in a coffin buried under the ground. Your body's not going to do that. I understand that when we die, we're present with the Lord this morning. I understand that. We'll worship him for all eternity. But David said, I'm not waiting until then. I'm not waiting for the undertaker to come grab me and, and lay my body in the ground. David said, I want to praise the Lord now. You, can't, you can wait to heaven to praise him, but you won't impact anybody here if you wait for that. Can I say this morning, those that you work with, those in your family that you'll probably talk to this week and those that you'll be around in your everyday life, they need to hear somebody praise the Lord. And David said, oh, ye saints of his, give thanks. Can I say this morning, when's the last time somebody heard you? Not give yourself credit, not give somebody else credit, but you just step back and say, I want to thank the Lord for all that he's done in my life. I want to thank the Lord that he gave me this job. I want to thank the Lord that he gave me this house. I want to thank the Lord that he gave me my family. And they just begin to praise the Lord where you are. Then verse number 10 and 11, David learned to acknowledge the help of the Lord. Look at verse number 10. Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Many Christians want the help, but don't ask. And then some ask, but don't ever realize. Those who don't realize don't give thanks. Remember, I hadn't been the pastor very long here and it was a Wednesday night, I think it was a Wednesday night or a Sunday night service that we were having and we began to share testimonies and some people began to brag on the Lord and listen, I love to hear God has healed me from cancer. I love to hear that God has healed me from this sickness, that God has paid this great bill, that God has taken care of this great thing. I love those testimonies but I've also learned to love the small ones. Those things that we would equate to being small. Remember there was a lady in the church and she raised her hand to testify and she said it this way, I thank God that he cares about the small things. She said, me and my, I think it was her sister, were driving downtown. They were going to a hospital or a doctor's appointment and you know how it is down there, near university and MCG and all that. There's, there's no parking anywhere. Amen? Unless you get to the top part of the parking deck for uh, university. How do you know that, preacher? Because I spent many times there waiting for Miss Becky to come out of her doctor's appointments when she was pregnant because I couldn't go in because of COVID. But she said they were driving around and they didn't want to hike all that way. And so she said, hey, let's stop and pray and ask that God would give us a parking spot here where it is convenient. And she said, I, so we, we prayed, Lord, would you open up a parking spot, please, so we don't have to walk all the way that way to the hospital? In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, it was a deep, deep theological prayer. She said, I said, amen. And we've seen the reverse lights turn on of a car that was right in front of us. She said, we slammed on the brakes and waited for that car to pull out. And we pulled in. She said, I want to thank God that he cares about the small things. Can I say this one? If we get too busy to recognize the small things, we'll probably miss out on what God's doing in our life now. David said, Here, here's, here's two mindsets David had. I'm thankful for what he's done and I'm thankful for what he's doing. If you play Wheel of Fortune, you probably know what the third point's going to be this morning. I'm thankful for what he's going to do, or what he will do in the future. Look at verse number five this morning. Very familiar portion of scripture. I feel like it's on every 
uh, card in the sympathy section at the store. For his anger endureth but a moment. Well, they don't put that part in there. His anger endureth but a moment, and his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. That word cometh means in the, in the future tense. In essence, there is something we are longing for and looking forward to. I'm thankful for what he has done. I'm thankful for what he's doing. But I'm also thankful for what he's going to do for me. A reassuring statement. The first part of that verse deals with our salvation. We went from being the source of his anger to being at one moment changed all of that. He shed his blood and now we are joint heirs with Christ. We're in the family of God, saved by the grace of God. His favor has given us life and that is life eternal. But then he rolled into the second half of verse number five. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Notice the striking reality of our current situation. Weeping may endure for a night. I think it's safe to say this morning we live in a dark world. We are living in the night. We are living in dark days. We're watching sin run, run rampant in our country and we're strangle our society. We've seen loved ones die as a result of the curse of sin and they physically have given up their life and we've, we've had to bury them and we've been separated them from, from them. We've watched those who once burned bright for truth go down in a ball of flames that were self-inflicted. We step back and we say, man, it is a terrible time to be alive. It is, it is a hard time to be alive. There's so much darkness around us. There's so much night around us. And here we observe the darkness around us and the only reasonable response is to weep. Boy, sin ought to break our heart. When we, when, we people, when we see people sinking in sin and their lives falling apart, when we see those who once stood for the, for the truth who are no longer standing for the truth and no longer proclaiming the gospel, that ought to break our heart. And yes, it is a hard thing to stand over a casket of a loved one knowing, yes, you have the promise of heaven, but there's a missing part down here. Boy, weeping does endure for the night. Notice there, it doesn't say weeping enjoys the night. We weep and we have fun in the night. No, you endure the night. <laughs> you ever been woken up at about 1.30 in the morning? You don't have to get up until 6? And you can't go back to sleep? Let me ask you, do you enjoy that? <laughs> You're like me, I don't enjoy it. I toss and I turn and I toss and I turn and I toss and I turn. Then I pray, and I think, all right, the Lord wants me to pray, so I'll begin to pray. I'll pray about everything I know, and I'll toss and I'll turn, I'll toss and I'll turn. It's something that you, you endure that part. You're just saying, I'm just waiting for the morning to come so I can get up. Preacher, how are we going to make it through the dark night? How are we going to make it through the days that we're living in? By trusting and waiting for the morning. There's coming a glad morning this morning that we're all going to enjoy as Christians. The night will be endured, but the morning will be enjoyed. Preacher, are you talking about tomorrow morning? Are you talking about Monday? No, nobody enjoys Mondays. <laughs> but notice this morning, there's coming a great day when we'll leave this world behind and go to a land that is fairer than day. We call it that great resurrection morning when the saints of God will be reunited in heaven. Here's the thing this morning. You and I aren't called to fix the night. You realize we're not called to fix the night. We're called to tell people, hey, the morning's coming. The Lord's going to return. There's going to be a great rapture of the church. And you need to get in so you don't have to go from night to eternal darkness in a place called hell. But you can leave the night 
and enjoy the morning with the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not called to fix the night. We're called to proclaim there's a morning coming. Thank God I know where the Lord's taking me. Thank God I know what the place will be like. Thank God I know who God is going to be there, who's going to be there. Thank God I know what he's going to say to me. Boy, I'm looking forward to the morning. A few weeks ago for TR's birthday, we went down to Tybee Island. I had all those sores in my mouth. It was a wonderful experience dealing with all of that. And we had, he, he wanted to see the sunrise at the beach. I'm thinking, what, six, seven-year-old wants to do that? So we, we went and did that. But I, I, mean, I felt absolutely just, blah. I laid in bed that night, didn't feel good, didn't sleep very much. I complained about how bad my mouth hurt. We went to go get coffee in the, the continental breakfast was shut down because of COVID. So there was no coffee at the hotel room. So I, was, I mean, it's just one thing after another. It was cold. We had to walk from the hotel to the beach. They took down the swings, all but one, and somebody's already in that one. Finally, we, had, we found a place to sit down. And here's the thing, when the sun began to rise, all the other stuff didn't matter no more. We stepped back and said, that's a beautiful sight to see. And we just enjoyed the sunrise. Can I say I'm glad this morning that when that morning finally breaks, all that you and I have been through down here, all that we've struggled with and fought with, it'll soon be gone. And we'll enjoy being around the throne of God for all eternity. And there's no sun there for the sun of God lights heaven up. And I'm glad this morning, and I'm thankful not just for what the Lord has done, I'm thankful for what he is currently doing, but I'm also thankful for what he's going to do. When I'm glad this world is not my home. I'm glad one day I'll leave the night behind to enjoy the eternal sunrise. Let's all stand this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed. As they're coming to have a time of invitation. Last week we dealt with those hindrances, those bad mindsets that'll hinder us from giving thanks. This morning we have some clear helps from the word of God that'll help us give thanks unto the Lord. Well, we can give him thanks for what he has done. There's nothing I can give thanks for today. I can give thanks for the fact that he saved my soul from hell. But I can also give him thanks for what he's currently doing. The growth that I see the Lord working in my life, in your life this morning. We have that eternal promise that one day we'll leave this world behind to enjoy a place that is absolutely perfect. We have some mindsets this morning that can either hinder us or we can develop the mindset that David had that'll help us give thanks this morning. When's the last time you gave him thanks for what he has done, for what he is doing, and what he's going to do?